Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Dietetics with Dana. I'm Dana, your host, and this is my podcast where I talk about all things registered dietitian, from how to pass the RD exam to how to get your first dietitian job. I'm super excited to be welcoming our first podcast guest speaker. With me today, I have Sarah Masukowitz. She's one of my coworkers at Brigham and Women's and our burn dietitian. Hi, Dana. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, thanks for coming on, Sarah. Before we dive into the interesting role of a burn dietitian, I would love you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your journey to become a registered dietitian. Absolutely. Well, I went to undergrad at Cornell University where I studied nutritional sciences um, and dietetics. So that's kind of how, you know, this journey started. After I graduated, I matched with the Brigham's uh, DI program. So did my internship there, um, and then I was lucky enough to get hired there as a clinical dietitian afterwards. Very cool. Did you always work in the burn dietitian role? No, I actually started off as a, on some cardiology and medicine units, but uh, the opportunity kind of presented itself a few months in, and I jumped on it. Wow, definitely a great opportunity. Burn patients are definitely so interesting. So why don't you tell us next about why a burn dietitian plays such a critical role on a burn team? So a lot of these patients come in with these, you know, massive burns and they don't feel like eating, poor appetite, all that going on. Um, but they're very hypermetabolic, meaning that, you know, they're burning a lot more calories than they normally do. So it's very important that we give them, you know, adequate nutrition. And if they're not able to meet their needs orally, sometimes we have to do supplemental tube feeds with them. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit more about how you calculate the needs for these burn patients? Absolutely, Dana. And, you know, like I said, their, their needs are a lot higher, um, both calorie and protein-wise. So it also depends on the total body surface area that's burned. Some patients will come in, you know, with 1% to 2% burns. Others may come in with greater than 20%. And it depends on, you know, if it's a partial thickness, if it's a full thickness burn. So we have to take all of that into consideration, and it varies from patient to patient. Some patients are actually needing greater than 3,000 calories a day, which might seem crazy, but that's needed for the wound healing, especially if the patient's, you know, going into surgery and is going to require a skin graft. Wow, that's all so interesting. Next up, I want to ask you a few questions that were submitted from our students on our Facebook page. So the first question we have from one of our students is, did you always want to go into burns? Well, actually, I didn't even know this was an option coming into my dietetic internship. But, you know, since being on the team, it's just shown me how important the nutrition plays a role in burn recovery. I would definitely agree with you there, Sarah. I know when I was in school, I didn't really even know that being a burn dietitian was an option either. Our next question from a student is, what micronutrients and supplements do you often use with your burn patients? There are a lot of micronutrients that play a role in burn healing. Um, specifically, we like to check a vitamin A with a CRP just for interpretation. Um, vitamin A might be falsely low in the setting of inflammation that's happening. We also check a vitamin C, a zinc, vitamin D. Um, as you know, Deficiencies can kind of impede the wound healing process here. In terms of supplements, we see a lot of protein supplements. I use a lot of Beneprotein, we use glutamine. Um, I know some other hospitals might use Juven, Prostat, Liquicel, all of which are protein supplements to assist with wound healing. So our next question is a great one. This is from a student who's asking, what tips do you have for students who are interested in working with burns but do not have any burn experience? I would say take advantage of any um, lectures that you might see pop up, you know, reading the literature, 
And honestly, just applying um, any experiences that you've had in the past. I know that in internships, um, pressure injuries are pretty common. You see that a lot in the hospital. So applying any wound healing knowledge that way too can really be helpful. I really love that last tip, Sarah. I know when I was applying to my current role at Brigham and Women's, I knew that they were notorious for asking burn questions. And in my internship, we actually didn't have a burn unit at the hospital, but I was able to use my experience from working with a lot of trauma patients and the wounds that I would see there to be able to navigate those burn questions. And obviously working on the wound team, you work with a team. So the next question from a student is what type of providers do you most commonly work with? It's a very multidisciplinary approach. I typically work with a lot of the surgical residents and nurses directly, um, but there's usually a wound care nurse involved as well. Next up, we have a really interesting question that I know was one of mine when I started working at Brigham. What are some of the most common causes of burns that you see? It's interesting. A lot of people might think that burns happen from a house fire or a car fire, but I have a lot of patients come in from, you know, anything from spilling hot soup on themselves, which might be an accident, to something more traumatic. I have a lot of trauma patients who come in after an attack or an attempted suicide. Wow, that definitely highlights the complexities of working with these patients. Now, the last question I have for you is on a little bit of a happier note from the last one. So this one is, what do you like best about your job? I really enjoy the interdisciplinary approach to it. Like I said before, working closely with the surgical residents, the nurses, as we all play a critical role in this patient's care and recovery. I also recently passed my CNSC exam. So basically that means certified nutrition support clinician. So it's a lot of tube feeds and TPN. Mainly the burn population, we focus on tube feeds just because their GI tract usually works and the rare occasion that these patients might need TPN. But this certification allows me to specialize in this area of nutrition support, like I said before, tube feeds and TPN, which is IV nutrition. Wow, Sarah. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us about your role. I know working primarily in oncology, I always am so interested at work when I get to hear about your patients at rounds. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Dana. I'm always happy to talk about this population. I've become really passionate about it. And I really hope this podcast episode helps your listeners learn more about the awesome role as a burn dietitian. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Dietetics with Dana. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a review. That is the best way to help others learn about the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Dana JF Nutrition. You can also visit our website, www.danajfnutrition.com to learn about all of my services, including registered dietitian exam tutoring and RD career mentorship. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.